Welcome back to another episode of the Weekly Driver Podcast. My name is James Rea. I write an automotive column for Bay Area News Group. I'm a contributing editor to Gulf Shore Business Magazine in Naples, Florida, and I edit and publish the website, The Weekly Driver. Uh, Bruce Aldrich, my co-host for the past four-plus years, is out of town this week, and he'll be back with us next week. And uh, my guest today is a repeat guest, um, Mike Mueller, and uh, we had Mike on, um, oh, a year and a half ago or so when he, uh, in, in um, November of 2020, he had uh, the complete book of Corvette, and now he's got a revised and updated book out, uh, the complete book of Ford Mustang. So Mike, uh, welcome back to the Weekly Driver Podcast. Oh, thank you very much. Glad to be here. Sure, I have the book in front of me. Um, your publicist, Steve, was kind enough to forward a copy of the book, and I can barely lift it. It, it weighs, I don't know, my gosh, it must weigh 10 pounds. It's, a, it's just about as comprehensive as I could ever imagine on, on the Ford Mustang. So could you tell us, I guess a good launching point would be, what, what comprises or what makes a book um, revised and updated? Oh, well, uh, like the complete book of Corvette that we did before, both of these books were were uh, first published, uh, gosh, uh, what, 10 years ago? Yes. And uh, when uh, obviously the title says it all complete, so yes. it was a complete history to that point. And we, we give it every four plus years, five years, and then we come back and fit all the new models in. I see. Uh, yeah, so this is like the fourth edition, I guess. Terrific. Uh, I lose track. I, I've got too many books out there for one thing. <laughs> well, good. That's a good thing, I would think. That's great. Yes, yes. It's been a good thing, yes. Um, well, I think with the Ford Mustang, the one that thing that I'm sure a lot of people ask that I've always been curious about, is there any other vehicle that you're aware of where the first model is the half year, um, 1964 and a half? And if, if it's the, the case that you've heard of others, that's fine. But the Mustang always seems to be the one that gets noticed that way. And could you just reiterate that part of the story of, of why it's the 64 and a half? Well, actually, when it, of course, when it was released, uh, that's, kind of, uh, that's kind of like a uh, retroactive t- tag because it was released as a 65. What happens is, is uh, um, you know, the typical model year runs from the fall of the previous year. Yes. Uh, yeah, and, and to the fall of the next year. Well, uh, the Ford Mustang was not introduced in August or September of the previous year it was introduced in april of 1964 so uh they initially called it a it was basically a 65 and but that that early run that april to of april 1964 to the fall of 1964 that early run was differentiated by various little details from the actual 1965 models to follow so uh, I, i'm not sure exactly when that 64 and a half tag came into vogue but uh, it, it followed later. If you go back and look at the magazines a lot, I, I, um, there's a lot of reference called them 65s. I can't remember which magazine was the first one to call them 64 and a half. So I'm sorry that, uh, yeah, that uh, that bothers me. I can't remember that. But, uh, <laughs> it's right. I think yeah. it's it's a great it's it's just a great um, uh, what would that be a nomenclature or or a great little tidbit of information in that in in the history of the Mustang. I mean, there's many other things, but that always stuck with me. Yeah, um, yeah. Now, and, uh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, I'm well, and the, like I said, the 64 and a halfs have various identifying features. Yes. And and so there, you, you almost you can't tell at a glance the difference between the 64 and a halfs and 65s. You have to look at like the hood lip and the 
Uh, I think the biggest uh, way to tell them apart is generator versus alternator. Oh my gosh! The engines had generators for sixty fours and a halfs and alternators for after that. So yeah. yes. Are they the? Would it be the most rare, uh, or are there others? That, that mm -hmm. are more, Not necessarily. Well, no, because they built so many. That's a relative uh, r reference. Yes. Uh, they were building hundreds of thousands of Mustangs right off the bat. So yes. It's uh, um, and again, I I forget what the count was. Uh, you know, they built four hundred thousand plus, and uh, I forget what the breakdown between the sixty fours and the sixty fives were. Uh, not necessarily rare, and uh, gosh, a lot of those sixty four and a halfs, they were just. I think they were, you know, the, the the feeding frenzy came so hard they were they were driven to death. I think. <laughs> yes, I think you're right. Uh, yeah. The other thing that's uh, curious to me, among many things, is that the the reference horsepower and pony cars and Mustangs. Um, some people say, as as your uh, book um, details, that some people believe the Mustang is the only car that should be called a pony car. And what what is some of the legacy of that? If you would share your opinion. Um. Yeah. Uh. It was the first, and obviously the reference is logical. Uh, mm, yes. Um. And gosh, I think that's in the book too. The the magazine cover that first used pony car. Yes. Um. Yeah. And uh. Yeah. Mustang's the one that started it all. Uh, uh, let's see, of course, well, <laughs> Plymouth Barracuda was out there too, and it actually came out before the Mustang, but they didn't build that many of them. And, and so the, 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 uh, the tag wasn't uh predator fish car. I think I've even written that, you know, uh, Plymouth didn't deserve, uh, the, uh, the inventing the, the lexicon. So Mustang did with hundreds of thousands of copies rolling out every year. Yes. It's, uh, I see that in some car reviews, uh, you know, and I admire greatly some of the guys who have been writing car reviews and women who have been writing car reviews forever on some of the big sites. And, you know, I've only been at it for 15 years or so, but I see references to horsepower as ponies all the time. And it, it kind of, a, it's the, it kind of, um, that's a little bit of a thorn in the side. I think people should say horsepower instead of ponies, but that's just my opinion, you know? <laughs> oh, well, I got to confess. I think I've written it every which way. So, I, I, yeah, so Slap me upside the head if you like. I, no, I no, nothing but reverence to you, sir, with uh, oh. your, your knowledge. You know, I'm, I'm just, no. a, I'm a Johnny Come Lately on on the car scene, but um, uh, uh. well, uh, I, I'm also my background is also you know uh, uh, journalism with uh, you know somebody has a thousand words or eight hundred words or maybe at the most for a newspaper article or a magazine piece, you know twenty five hundred or three thousand words, but in a book, I'm always fascinated and I always admire authors who can just somehow manage so many words and um since you've written so many books what's what's that process like do you have a a bulletin board with three by five cards and and how do you how do you uh how do you condense um in into uh with so much material what could you explain your process a little bit you hit it right on the head i think i've been doing this for 30 plus well independently for 30 plus years uh, yes yeah, um, I got my journalism degree in 1983, and I was freelancing my my senior year in college to car magazines. So I got started. But yes. yeah, um, I always tell people that's the biggest problem is trying to fit 10 pounds of stuff in a five pound bag. I I have always had the problem throughout my career of just taking off and getting so into it. Next thing I know, I've got five books that I need to fit <laughs> into the space of one. Yes. Oh yeah, I could tell you some stories, and the editors I work for just pull their hair out, you know. But on the other side of the coin, I'm pretty sure those editors would say they'd much rather have the problem with me than the guys who give them 
little, you know, not enough. Yes. Yes. Um, um, well, give me one of those examples if you can think of one where, uh, uh, not literally, but fig- or maybe literally, but figuratively, an editor pulled their hair out. What? 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 Oh. Give, give me an example of of that process where they said, "Oh, wait a minute, Mike, you've got." 15,000 words on some little nuance, or was it something completely different than that? Well, you want to talk about books or magazines? Yeah, uh, you, 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 your it, pick. Since we're talking about the book, how about in this book? Was, was it, there... it, it, in, in that book, let's see. Oh, gosh. Uh, yeah, there were so many st- individual stories in there. For instance, the, the, co- the history of the Cobra Jet. In yes. there, I, I've, I've written that story for magazines and many times, and that story is so involved. Um, and with Bunky Knudsen and uh, Lee Iacocca battling over the muscle car stuff, I mean that's a book in itself. Yes. And and I think I even went in there. I had that all written, and I think I cut it in half myself <laughs> before I even turned it in. Yes. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I mean the, the story of Bunky Knudsen versus Lee Iacocca. It, it it's kind of comical too. Sure. So I've always enjoyed writing about it. Yeah. If you've ever seen Lee Iacocca's uh, his first autobiography, he he goes in depth into that and. He, he really had fun writing about it. Uh, of course, he, he was the one who won, so it was fun for him, you know. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, when you win, yeah. it's always more fun, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and yeah. Along, this, along the lines with the words, of course, the text are the images. And, um, again, there must have been, I don't know, a countless or unlimited amount of images one could choose. And oh. what was that collaboration like? Well, you know, it's funny. You you guys uh, always ask that very same question, and and uh, again, I've been doing this for so long, and that that situation has never changed. It drives me nuts. <laughs> for one thing, it it is so much fun digging through. Well, of course, I, I sh- I've shot a lot of my own film, and yes. then I get to get into the archives at Ford or or GM, whoever I'm working for or with, and um, and of course, they have endless endless choices. So so of course, I'm I'm like a little kid in a candy shop. Mm-hmm. And so I pick a few thousands upon thousands and then I have to weed down through them. And between my own shots and the, the archival shots, it's, yeah, I mean, tears are shed. I, just, God, <laughs> I, I love it. Yeah. I love it. Um, um, go ahead. Yeah. It's just, uh, uh, gosh, I'm asking editors, can I have 500 pages instead of 300? You know? I mean, yes. Yeah. Well, in, in this, just to reiterate this book, I have it again in front of me and it, it, it defines, you know, coffee table size book. Uh, and just to go over this, it's um, it's fifty five dollars, and it's uh, published in conjunction with, uh, you know, it's an official licensed product of Ford. And I'm sure it's it came out in January, if I read that correctly. And uh-huh. it just um, I'll read a little passage here. It just says the complete book of Ford Mustang is an unmatched historical reference, accurate, detailed, and brimming with Mustang's countless production variants, prototypes, and race cars. It's a comprehensive resource to the original pony car. There's a pony car reference. All the greats are here. The GT, Shelby GT350, and the 350, excuse me, 500, Mach 1, Boss 302, and 429, Bullet Edition, California Special, and more. Officially licensed, this is the ultimate review that no fan of Ford's greatest muscle car should be without. Boy, uh, in not too many words, that sure is a, a lot of stuff there. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, do you have a favorite? And and in conjunction with that question, part B of the same question is: Do you own a Mustang or two? Uh, well, my my girl, we have two. My my girlfriend. Uh, um, in, in fact, the the, the um, 
edition before this, the, yes. the, the redo for this, she was looking over my shoulder one night and uh, had the uh, anniversary, the 2015 anniversary car. She went out the next day and bought a 2015 anniversary GT convertible. Oh, fantastic. I, I couldn't believe it because I, I thought she was just going to go buy a, a, a base Mustang. Uh-huh. And I didn't influence her. I didn't go with her. Uh-huh. I didn't influence her at all. And she comes home with a GT anniversary convertible. I, I was shocked. And I said, is she not the best girlfriend in the history of girlfriends? <laughs> you got some points there. I know you did. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. And, and you. And I think it's. I think it's mentioned there in the acknowledgments. I, I have my I have an 07 convertible that was my dad's uh, retirement gift to himself. That's right. And da- dad died in the fall, and he gave the car to me a couple years ago, so it sits next in the next to it in the garage. So we have two. Yeah, that's great. Um, yeah. I'm going to jump around a little bit, and I have to say that since the book is is uh, so thick, I might as well be honest that I've perused it, and I haven't sat down for you know, the time I should, three hours or so each day to look through it for about a week. But uh, I'm going to fast forward to to current times and um, my references, having reviewed uh, and driven and really enjoyed the Mach-E uh, in, in recent weeks, uh, maybe a month uh-huh. ago now. Um, what are, what, are, what is your opinion about the Mustang that people say isn't a Mustang? And, uh-huh. and I've read the backstory and I understand it, but Give me, give me some thoughts if you have some on on the um, the new Mach-E. Well, that that's 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 not fair. That's <laughs> cheating on your part. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, uh, I can tell you the story. Uh, unfortunately, I haven't driven one yet, uh-huh. and I um, actually I, I'm kind of semi-retired, so I don't test the cars like I used to. Yes, uh, the new vehicles. Um, and, but I, I've been I'm impressed with it from what I've read and seen. Yes. Uh, I haven't taken a stand like I used. I, you know, I think I'm too old. Gotcha. I think I'm finally gotten tired. Uh, uh, I, I used to be kind of black and white on everything and take a stand. I haven't really taken a stand on that. Uh, I, I think it's a great vehicle from what I've read, uh, and I think we're at a point now where um, judge the vehicle for what it is. Don't damn it just because a marketing guy decided to, you know, make some. Uh, uh, guilt by association. Yes. Deal. Yeah. So no, give it, give it a chance. And I'm not just sucking up because this is a Ford licensed product. No, it's I understand. A, I understand. Yeah, yeah, that's that's. Uh... But we actually talked about that. We debated it back and forth about including either a sidebar. We didn't even include a photo. But what was funny was our hands were tied anyway because we were debating it, and then we found out that the Ford license didn't want us to use the Mustang E anyway. I see. Um, I'm scrolling through as I'm listening to your stories and and a couple of things come to mind is, you know, when you, when you drive past a Mustang or one drives past you is probably more, more accurate. Um, you see how beautiful the car is from the exterior, but looking at some of the interior of the pictures, you know, I just am amazed by some of the interiors as well. And, um, can I have some thoughts on maybe a, if one comes to mind that you really appreciated or, or maybe more than one that you really enjoyed from the, the, the interior design, some of them look like they belong in uh, Architectural Digest magazine or something. Yeah, well, I mean, I, I, I think you're referring to the entire legacy, correct? Yeah. The entire Mustang? Yeah. Yeah, because, you know, initially, uh, you know, the, the early, Ford, the, the first Ford Mustang was, was built on a Falcon pl- platform. Yes. And, um, and that included the, the dash. And, Right away, I think they recognized 
that that might not have been the smartest thing to do. So they updated the Mustang Dash right away to make it exclusively Mustang. And that was back in, you know, 1965. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and uh, you know, it was, it, the sportiness carried over inside. I think they realized that, that you couldn't just uh, let the book be cover only, that they had to include it inside. Well, you know, the car had bucket seats and a floor shifter. Well, and, and then they started coming out with various options right away with the, the gauge package and the, and the, uh, the pony interior that had the... The faux wood grain trim, <laughs> yeah. special handles, yeah, and the, the running horse embossments on the seats, and o- over the lifetime, the Mustang interiors, yeah, they, and you, I don't think you could beat it for the money either, um, no, as, as far as what you paid for the car, what you got inside, and nowadays, every time they've updated the car, they've made a point of doing something in the interior to both uh, uh, pay homage to the the legacy, uh, to offer nostalgia, and offer modern tech. Yes. Well said. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm looking through now also, and I don't know if this is true, but I'm sure you do. Has the Mustang been um, the Indy 500 pace car more than any other car? And, and how did that all start? I should be up to that on, on reading through. I'm sure you'll explain it, but maybe you could explain it for the listeners as well, how that all began. Well, uh, sa- sadly, uh, speaking with my Ford hat on, obviously GM has owned the Indy 500 pace car for years now, and Corvette yes. is by far the number one. Yes. But, you know, first Mustang right there, 64 and a half, uh, was the, the, the Indy pace car. Uh, uh, it, what is three times? Uh, and and uh, those packages, the, the, the they didn't offer, yeah, it's really funny with the Indy pace cars and the various companies. Some co- companies offered street-going examples, and others didn't. Yes. Yeah, so you had the decal package, and you'll see Indy pace car Mustangs at, at car shows, and, you know, who, who knows what they are. You know, they, they right. just well been created, yeah. Um, uh, there's also a long legacy of the car in uh, in movies. Uh, the bullet uh, comes to mind, of course, and I, I think that if it hasn't already been, and I'm sorry I didn't know if it has been, but it could be a book unto itself as well. You used that reference earlier, and, and it just it, it as the years go by, it just it's it's that legacy of that particular car just gets better and better. I think, and they keep selling for more than more and more. That did they have six or eight of them on the movie sets? I'm sure you know the story. Yeah, yeah, um, there were two on the movie set, and yeah, that that story's been uh, really dug into lately because they dug up the original and restored it. And I forget how many, gosh, how many programs, uh, fast and loud. The TV show uh, the, uh, did a, a thing on it. Yes, uh, that was that was they they tried to to reproduce the the, sh- the actual shoot. Yes, uh, and of course the, the sad thing is is I love Steve McQueen, but my God was he full of it, <laughs> full of himself. <laughs> oh yes, he 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 didn't do the drive. He he uh, in fact one of the scenes they kept trying to do that scene coming down the hill when he tried to, and he couldn't make the turn, so finally they just had him do a. The, Excuse me. Sure. The spin, the spins that he did, they they kept it. They kept that as a scene because he couldn't make the turn. <laughs> I didn't know that. That's a great. Yeah. That's very the, good the knowledge. Of that, the bulk of that shooting was a stunt driver, and uh, and and you know, Steve is no slouch, but no, he, he didn't do it himself. And, no, though, though, I mean, he was uh, with Paul Newman, of course, he epitomized coolness, and yeah, the scenes were great, and then. You know, uh, if you like car movies, there's, you know, dozens and dozens of different car movies with just iconic scenes. But 
that scene is right up there with uh, with Gene Hackman in in, uh, in oh his, yeah, yeah in his yeah. movie and and of course more modern movies some of the ones I haven't seen that are CGI I guess some of them are oh. but um, though those iconic movies with great cars James Bond films of course uh, with yeah. with the Aston Martin and others but uh, the bullet scene is just uh, you could see it today and it, it just riveting. <laughs> Yeah, that was a groundbreaking movie moment because that's that was one of the first times that they really used multiple cameras in a in a in a action setting like that, and they had so many different angles and scenes. Of course, the drawback to all those cameras, if you go back and watch the movie, there's a Volkswagen that appears I don't know how many times because they spliced all the film together. Yes. Uh, one of the cars loses its one hubcap like three times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If yeah. you watch it closely, you can see all these things from all the editing. But I think that won an Oscar for editing. Oh, great! Because I, of that, that's, I didn't know yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, those, yeah, the move, uh, car movies are just uh, something. Either you're into them or you're not, and uh, those are just to re- repeat myself. That those are some of the greats. I wish somebody maybe there's a YouTube video or something where somebody's taken all the iconic. Uh, car scenes from let's say 1970 backwards and 1970 or 1980 forward and made a compilation of some of the the nice scenes that would be a good something fun to watch oh i'm and i I would funny you should talk about this bullet i i'm a movie fan too and my girlfriend and i watch old movies all the time and i was just sitting here uh, a couple nights ago thinking of bullet but then there are so many movies where the mustang just appears as as uh, the set you know it's yes it it wasn't the whole bullet star a star like bullet but they're in the scenes you know a lot of the beach movies back then they the, the frankie avalon drives a mustang oh yes. you know yes. all that. yeah so. good 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 reference there um to put you on the spot a little bit and uh you don't have to answer um were there years of the Mustang that, um, let's just say, weren't as good as other years? I'll, I'll be nice. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, that's a, that's an honest question, and there's there's definitely honest answers. Obviously, um, uh, the the battle between uh, Newtson and Iacocca uh, started because uh, uh, Newtson wanted to build bigger Mustangs for bigger engines, and that was that brought on the '71, which which was a bigger Mustang. A lot of Mustang fans didn't like it, but it was still a Mustang. Mm-hmm. Well, then Iacocca, uh, they, they fired Newton, and Iacocca <laughs> took over, and he had his plan to build the compact Mustang II, which came along in 74. And that's funny because that car was highly popular right off the bat because it was the right car for the right time as far as fuel economy went, but my God, were they tiny. I, yes. I don't know if you've ever sat in one or gotten one. No. And and that's that's not a good thing because Mustangs have never been known for their space. You know, mm-hmm. um, I'm a I'm a decent sized guy, and I've owned a handful of Mustangs, and a couple of them I I really could not ride well in. Um, and it, but the 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 uh, gloss wore off pretty quick on the Mustang too, to the point too that once it was gone after '78, Mustang enthusiasts just poo pooed it completely. Is that right? Um, the, yeah, the Mustang II crowd was never allowed, uh, collector crowd was never allowed into car shows, gosh, until not, uh, it's, I, 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 I'm getting old again, I'm thinking till 20 years ago, I was going to say yesterday, but 20 years ago was yesterday for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. It, 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 yeah. I understand but Mustang, that. Yeah, but there's a lot of, you'll see Mustang twos out there, and there's guys who restore them, uh, the King Cobra from 78. Oh, yes. Um there were so many different varieties, and they were all paint and tape stripes and things like that. Uh, but my God, it, there was a there was there was just hate. Uh, 
for the Mustang II for so long. Uh, when I first got into this in the 80s, uh, yeah, uh, mid to late 80s, it was still pretty strong that, uh, you know, uh, Mustang II owners need not apply. Gotcha. You know? Um, as I'm, as I'm listening, uh, I'm, it's great to have the reference of the book. I, you know, Steve, um, Roth has been nice Mm -hmm. through the several years we've been doing this to forward your books and other authors books. And it's great to have the reference. And I just turned to the page 271, which shows the one millionth, uh, Mustang, Mm -hmm. that 2014 GT convertible. Is that uh, did that go to somebody at Ford, or do you know the whereabouts of that car? And and maybe did you attend that? And what what's what was what did that represent? Other than the obvious, it's the one millionth. What what yeah. uh, what does that encompass? Yeah, no, no, I wasn't there, but uh, to my knowledge, that's that car is in the museum up there, the Henry Ford Museum. I see. Um, yeah, but uh, you know, you look at the the, the numbers. Um, you know, Mustang set the stage for the modern world of auto building, where. He, he, uh, uh, gosh, four hundred thousand built the first year, six hundred and what sixty thousand, and it's heyday in sixty. It's high, high point in sixty six. My gosh! And then of course uh, the competition joined in, and 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 of course we had Japanese imports um, coming into the market too, and it kind of slowed down. But you know, Mustangs have always sold like hotcakes. So yes, uh, my God, a million. Yeah, it was definitely worth noting uh, uh, that the beat goes on. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's right? true. Um, the since you mentioned earlier in the interview uh, that you're semi-retired, um, you know you can't you, you can take the, uh, the the journalist out of the media room or out of his desk, but you really can't take the journalist out of the person so much. Do you have something on the horizon in your semi-retirement? Oh, let's gosh, uh, uh, as far as an, another book, yeah, or uh, or any you know journalistic project, one journalist to uh, another. What's what's going on in your world? Well, they they. they oh. I've got a, a dog in my face here. Hold on. Sure. Uh, um, uh, Motorbooks, the, the, my main publisher there with, with these books, they, yes. they're constantly coming back and I, only with various ideas. And a lot of them are digging up old old books and and updating them and bringing them to the, the, the present. We're, we're talking about doing a Mopar-related uh, uh, thing uh, where I, I did a history on Dodge Plymouth muscle cars. Where, and, of course, uh, Chrysler corporate Chrysler has done a lot in the muscle car realm in recent years, and yes, uh, so we might touch on that. You know, with the Challenger and the and the Charger and all that. Uh, those are those are great cars, uh, but that's that's still in the works. And maybe maybe I shouldn't have said that, but to, to, hell, I'm what are they going to what are they going to do? Fire me? <laughs> there you go. The old the old standby there. Um, yeah. If if a person was. Uh, a Mustang enthusiast, or they own Mustangs, or they don't. Someone who just might be getting into cars. Um, truthfully, I'm not. You know, I'm, I've been doing it for 15 years or so, but I'm, I'm learning uh, more and more every day because I, I didn't really grow up in a in a car family. My dad had a variety of cars, but he wasn't a mechanic, or he didn't have a a real passion for cars. Suppose somebody wanted to um, know more about cars, um, they would buy this book. And what would you like to tell them about the book? What what should they what should they focus on? There's just so much information. What what do you think would be uh, a good place for them to start to learn about the Mustang? Oh, um, I'm, uh, my God, uh, <laughs> I, I I I'm not sure if I'm answering this correctly, mm-hmm. but I, I I'm gonna run with this. Sure. 
I would tell people that I'm sure glad that I was born when I was born mm-hmm. and I got to live through, even though I was still, I was real, I was five years old when the Mustang came out. Yes. These cars were still out there and so many cars were still out there when I came of age and, and I got to work on them and we got to work on real cars. And I feel for young guys now because you, you just, you just can't work on the cars. Uh, and uh, everything is back. My, my first car cost 250 bucks. Great. You know, so love it. I whatever love it. <laughs> I did working on it, if I messed it up, we just threw it away and went out and got another. Right. You know, <laughs> you, know you know what I mean? I, I think it's kind of sad. Uh, uh, I, I, I just wonder if there's young guys who read this book, if they even know what it must have been like. It was fun and, and you could learn yourself. You could teach yourself. Yes. You could figure it out yourself. Uh, I don't know if you remember Chilton's, uh, all the auto, the manual. Absolutely. We yeah. all had. Yeah, we all had copies of the auto manuals, and uh, yeah, uh, now you have to be a a nuclear physicist, you know. I think you answered the, not not that you need to hear it from me, but I think you answered the question perfectly. They could study the, you know, in simpler times when, yeah, you could teach yourself. I mean, I I had Volkswagen, no insult to Mustang. I had, you know, a couple of Volkswagens, and I, I don't know much at all, but I could read the Chilton's Guide to, to the Volkswagen or the Volkswagen yeah. for Dummies, and, and I could, you know, I could adjust the valves and change the oil and yeah. do a little bit of this, and that was about the extent of my knowledge, but, but your point's very well made. The cars today are not um, as they were, and that's, I know that's a, that's a cliche, but thank yeah. you, for, thank you for, for stressing it that way. It's, uh, everything has changed. Yeah. Everything has changed. And- <laughs> So. And I don't mean to, I hate sounding like the old man yelling at the kids to get off his lawn, you know, because <laughs> I, I, I respect technology and I love it. And, sure. You know, that, hold on a second, I got to, <clears throat> oh, my cold intervened there. That's, that's but, um, okay. Uh, yeah, and I'm, I, I'm still, I marvel at it, um, but I just wonder, uh, what is it, uh, you, you, you have the machine, but you lose the heart and soul. You know. Oh gosh, what that was. Uh, very, thank you for that. Uh, I uh, think that's apparent when um, my friend and, and co-host on the podcast, um, he is a mechanic and he has restored cars and he grew up in a car family. So when we go to the LA Auto Show or some of the other auto shows, um, sometimes the from a layperson's perspective, sometimes the technology has gone forward but backward at the same time. There's it's it's overwhelming what um, you know the number of features uh, that I think, I think I read somewhere that you know the average new car has sixty technology features and maybe twenty of them are ever used. So uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, well, and what was it? What did Scotty uh, from Star Trek say about the the Enter- Starship Enterprise? The, the 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 more they advance it, the easier it is to to fudge it up because <laughs> yeah. uh, he was sabotaging the, the new enterprise so that they could use the older one of the movies. Yes. I wish I knew that line because to me that says it all. And uh, the, the modern vehicles, there's just, I hate to say, and I, I hate to say this about, uh, there's just too much stuff to break down. Uh, yes. uh, the, the tech is great, but especially uh, um, electronic tech, electronic, you know that involves heat, and heat is the enemy to all things that work. You know, so right. <laughs> yeah, thank you yeah. for those wonderful statements. I a while back, I had a chance. I was in Colorado, and I went to. I think this will add to the point. Is I, I went to a Rambler Ranch in this small town in Colorado, and the guy's got six warehouses full of Ramblers and uh, Nashes and, and other <laughs> American Motors cars, and 
I was, it was just, it took my breath away, literally, about all these cars and the knowledge this guy has um, with his partner. Uh, and to go through that is, it was just a wonderful thing to see 600 varieties of his cars. Uh, Mustang would be the same way, some of the old ones. It would just be uh, uh, an enthusiast nirvana to see some of the, the great old Mustangs. So, yeah, I'm sure you, obviously you agree with that, yeah. Yeah, and all the collections I've seen in my day, and and the wonderful Mustangers who 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 you know who either restore these cars or keep them original. You know, it's just it it's it's been a joy. I I I can't I can't thank the Cosmos enough for giving me this opportunity to spend my life doing this for a living. You know. Yes, it's yeah. it's nice. Uh, well, uh, great way to, uh, to I, I went over a, a time a little bit. Mike, thanks for that generous. Oh. We've been uh, a little bit over the half hour, but I want to thank uh, Mike Mueller uh, for his time again on our podcast, and people should uh, definitely pick up this book. Uh, it's reading material for quite a long time. It's um, the complete book of Ford Mustang, every model since 1964 and a half, revised and updated, and um, it defines the uh, comprehension uh comprehensiveness of a book uh, of this nature and you're just going to learn a lot of information I, I can't wait to sit down with a glass of wine or a beer and, and some quiet time and just go through this and read it so i recommend it highly um mike thanks for your time and your enthusiasm very much appreciate it oh well, thank you okay take care of your take care of your health and uh yeah. i hope i hope we speak again thanks again yes yes okay. all right best mike cheers bye-bye Bye.